Thank you. Could you state and spell your name for the record, please? Here's Jan Francie, and spell my last name, F-R-A-N-C-E-Y. And spell your first name, please. Oh, Jan, J-A-N. I know it seems simple. Do you promise to tell the truth today? Yes, I do. I understand that uh, you were also vaccine injured, but let's start with why you were reluctant to receive the vaccination in the first place. Yeah, when I was uh, 18 months old, I was hospitalized with severe encephalitis and uh, they didn't have a cause for it. They said it must have been mosquitoes. This was January in Canada. And um, I mean, it was severe enough that my prognosis was very bad. And that was if I lived. Um, and so I've avoided, you know, I've gotten my, my uh, tetanus shots, but I haven't gotten things like flu shots because I just don't want to mess with those things. So I didn't want to get that because of that. Okay, and ultimately what made you change your mind? Uh, the vaccine passport. Winter was coming. I live in a shoebox. Um, the thought of another, an entire winter sitting inside was, I was afraid I wouldn't make it through the winter. I live alone. When you say you live in a shoebox... don't have any family here. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't hear what you said. The, the apartment is very small. It's one room. It, there's no balcony. It's maybe 200 square feet. So what happened after the first injection? After the first one, I woke up and I didn't feel well. I felt nauseous. I was throwing up. I kept throwing up. But I also had um, like a, a sensation in my hands that wasn't right. It was like they were vibrating, but they were also kind of numb. But there's also pins and needles. And that just continued. And the throwing up continued. And then it came time to get the second one, which I had to get because I still wasn't a person in Ontario. After the second one, everything got really bad. When I woke up the day after the second one, uh-oh. We can still see you. Okay. Can you? When I woke up the day of, Okay, go ahead. When I woke up the day after the second one, all my joints were stiff. Everything hurt. The numbness and the vibration had gotten worse. And then over the course of a couple of weeks, the vibration would continue all night, but they were everywhere. Like I could feel it in my gut. Everything was vibrating. I could not sleep. I felt like I was moving all the time. And then, uh, yeah, things just kept worsening by... I had developed Raynaud's, um, but I also couldn't feel my hands. I couldn't detect heat. I could pull things out of the oven without an oven mitt. And you don't think about it because you don't feel any heat. You just, you've done it already when you realize you've done it. Um, I couldn't feel my feet or my face either. That went on for months. I couldn't feel the shower. <laughs> it, and then uh, as time went on, I started getting a lot of symptoms in my head. Uh, my, my eyes, my vision went bad. My hearing, I couldn't tolerate anything. I couldn't tolerate light. I couldn't tolerate sound. I couldn't tolerate vibration. People talking, that was just way too much. I couldn't handle people talking. 
Um, and then my neck started to get stiff and I started to feel like my sinuses were being pushed down. Like I just, just felt like my head was going to explode. The pain was so brutal. What happened when you tried to get help at the hospital? I went to the hospital in June last year, or July, July 4th. And um, I was plastered in hives and giant lumps from a, we don't even know what I reacted to. And I had tried telephone appointments, which is what I usually relied on. And I'd gotten RuPaul and that didn't do anything. And so we tried to go to the hospital, but um, well, I'm mask exempt due to PTSD. And it was a trauma from a violent crime. And uh, so I get in there and I have to deal with the security guard who's not too bad, but he's pretty persistent. He wants to put something on my head. And then I get into triage and I have to show him my letter for an mask exemption. And then my partner who's with me has to show him proof of vaccination. And then we finally get through there and get sent to a next waiting room when a nurse decides that she's going to attack. And I was humiliated in front of the entire waiting room. She would not stop. And I ended up leaving. Like my partner wanted me to stay because I was an absolute mess. The, the hives and the lumps were everywhere. I was on fire. But it's just too much. How am I going to trust somebody who just screamed at me and humiliated me? Where's the care in that? So ultimately, you did have an appointment with an immunologist. And what happened at that stage? That was after the, uh, the hives, which I ended up on prednisone for through a telephone appointment. And uh, so they had set me up with them to figure out what was going on. So I started explaining what was happening to them. And I said, and I get these, when it happens, like I get this vibration in my neck. And he didn't think that it had anything to do with that. And he didn't know why, what I reacted to or what was going on. And he suggested that I needed to see a rheumatologist and a neurologist. Were any of them able to help you? I didn't get, this was a telephone appointment with the immunologist and nothing ever happened after that. I don't know how you get yourself a telephone appointment. This appointment with the, I mean, with a specialist, this appointment with the immunologist was set up by one of the other telephone doctors. But did the immunologist not refer you to both a rheumatologist and a neurologist? I never got a call, no, nothing. Okay, so you never received a follow-up, but that was his recommendation, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, how did this interfere with your ability to work? I was not working when oh. it happened, so it couldn't interfere. Okay, Have, are you able but to... Um, I couldn't work. There is no way that I could work now. I can't even stand up for 10 minutes without my heart. I have cardiac problems as well now. And, you know, I take a walk, my heart goes up to 140. So it's not a good feeling. Did you have any success with the adverse event reporting system? Well, I got my first telephone appointment because I had my last shot November 11th, 2021. And then in December, I called for an appointment. I had to wait till the 15th of January. And that doctor was terrified. As soon as I mentioned the vaccine, she started to stutter. And I said, I don't, I want to be exempted from more of this. I can't take any more of this because I was scared because they kept talking about more and more boosters. And I didn't want to not be a person, but I don't want to die either. 
So I asked her for an exemption, and she said, no, 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 no exemptions, college set. Well, then I asked about reporting my injuries, and she said, there's no point in doing that because they just throw them away. And she was right, because I tried to self-report. Fast forward my eight months, and Toronto Public Health just basically turned it into nothing. Sent the first doctor I talked to on the phone a letter saying, you know, she, you can decide if she's having another shot. And they also said that they don't write exemptions. So then I wrote to the College of Physicians and basically demanded one and asked them who they thought they were, and they never heard back from them. Thank you. I'll see if the commissioners have any questions for you. No questions. Thank you so much for your testimony on behalf of the National Citizens Inquiry.